Well, hello there. Welcome to the Kim Constable podcast. Nobody cares. Work harder. This week, I have a very special guest for you. And this very special guest is my brand new business partner. Yes, indeedy. I have gone into business with somebody who is very like me underneath it all, but the polar opposite to me on the surface. She's blonde and beautiful and sweet and lovely. And we, not that I'm not those things too, but I'm not blonde and I don't know, would you say I'm beautiful? I don't know. But listen, anyway, uh, she she's so wonderful. Her name is Sam Turnbull. Many of you will know her from itdoesntastelikechicken.com. Her website gets over 2 million, yes, I'm going to say it again, 2 million views per month. And all she has done so far with her website is just create awesome free recipes. She has literally distilled recipe creation into such an art form that she can teach you how to do the most incredibly complicated, or you would think were complicated, complex things with food to veganize them in like seven ingredients in 15 minutes. I'm not even kidding. This woman is on another level skilled. And we have launched a brand new three-month online cooking school called The Ultimate Vegan Kitchen. We were literally idea to launch in three weeks. Sam and I only met for the first time really like five weeks ago. Uh, we had a meeting. We had a, a meeting the following week. We decided to go into business. I had to check with the team if everybody was up for doing another launch this year, our 10th launch this year. I am not even kidding. And everybody said they were exhausted. <laughs> but they would do it. And we launched the Ultimate Vegan Kitchen on Monday, and it is literally the world's first online vegan cooking school. And I am so excited about it. Sam is going to be teaching exactly what she does from her home kitchen every single day, how to make the most delicious vegan food. So I said to her, let's get you on the podcast so people can hear who you are, how you came to be, why you're so delicious, and why you're so goddamn talented. Um, And so today is, I would love to say it's an interview with Sam. It's not really. It's actually a riff back and forth. Like we talk about, you know, why she turned vegan. We talk about the angry preachy vegans. We talk about how she got backlash from her fans for partnering with me because I'm not vegan enough to be vegan. And what we did about that whenever she brought it to me. And we also talk about what it's been like for her to be kind of absorbed into my business um, because she's literally gone from zero to CEO uh, in a very short space of time. And I'm sure her head is spinning on her shoulders. So we talk about that as well, what her experience has been so far of what it is that we do best, which is launching programs and making money and all of the good stuff in between. So before we get to that interview, which I'm going to share with you now, Um, I do want to tell you that uh, don't forget to leave a review on the podcast uh, because you could be in with a chance of winning one of our incredible Sculpted Vegan programs. Any program whatsoever you can choose from. And all you need to do to win a program is to leave a review and to screenshot that review and send it to me as a picture on Instagram. If you don't send it to me as a picture on Instagram, then you are not going to win. Uh, We're just about to uh, announce this month's podcast winner. So I will announce it next week on the podcast. And if you leave a review, send it to me on Instagram as a screenshot. You could be in with the chance of winning any Sculpted Vegan program. So without further ado, or adieu, or whatever it is, let's get to the interview. Sam Turnbull, we have been trying to have this podcast interview for ages, and here we finally are. 
Yay. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> I know I'm excited to have you here too. And you know what? I have to just tell a little bit of the backstory before we get into this because I was driving along yesterday and I was thinking, oh, what am I going to ask Sam on the podcast? And then I just thought, I have to, and I know I've kind of told you a little bit about this before, but you don't kind of really know probably the full, the full picture. But I remember it was about must have been about six years ago, maybe even more. I think it was it was before I was fully vegan anyway, but six years ago, I actually was looking online for, I think, a cauliflower recipe or something. And I came across <laughs> your blog and I was like, oh my God, it doesn't taste like chicken. What a fantastic name. And I kept saying to everybody, I find this amazing like online website. It doesn't taste like chicken. Like it doesn't, you know, it's, it was, I couldn't believe it. It was absolutely such an amazing name. And your cauliflower recipe, I know I've told you this before, cauliflower recipe, which was literally just nutritional yeast, cayenne pepper, garlic powder, and olive oil. And it was just roasted in the oven. It became a firm favorite with my kids, with my family. I made it at all our barbecues. Like everybody absolutely loved it. I think it would have been about six years ago, actually. I think it was just going vegan at the time. And so you you kind of then became, you know, known to me. You know what I mean? I, I loved your recipes. I would have gone and looked at them, but, you know, made loads of your recipes after that, as people do, obviously. And then two years ago, I think about a year and a half or two years ago, I think it was, nearly two years ago, I was sunning myself in Beiritz in the south of France. Oh, lovely. I know. And I remember getting a message from you on Instagram and I didn't even know you were on Instagram. And I got a message from you on Instagram saying, you know, I am thinking of getting fit or whatever. I wanted to know, did you want to exchange a, you know, a program, one of your fitness programs for, you know, um, some PR on Instagram. And I was like, oh my God, I love this girl. Like, I don't remember. Do you remember I wrote back and I was like, I'm such a fan. Like, I love you. Love your recipes. And like, totally would like happy to do an exchange. And um, and that's I kind do of remember when, that. <laughs> that's when we first became friends. I was so delighted that you wanted to do a sculpted vegan program. I'm so flattered that you knew who I was already, and you were a fan. I was. I remember reading that message out loud to my partner and be like, "Look, she likes me." <laughs> oh, but listen, tell me your website though. How much traffic do you get through your website? Like, it's huge. It's huge. Yeah, up to two million page views a month. So I mean, that is insane. And what do you attribute to your success? Is it just that your recipes are so fabulous, or is there like, <laughs> is there something? else that you attribute to? No, basically it's just that. I, I always tell people, because I get a lot of questions because my my blog is so high traffic. People are like, what is the secret? What is the secret to success? Like, give me the answer. They always, and I think a lot of people expect it to be some like person I hired or some like clever little hack, but it's really not that. It's just consistent quality content. It sounds boring, but that's what people want. If you just deliver a good recipe over and over and over and over again, people will come back. They'll want that. They'll search for that. That's how it works. <laughs> yeah, I love that. And do you know why I love that? Because I have a whole podcast called The C Word. The C Word, consistency. Oh, see, I didn't even know that. <laughs> you see, that's what it is. And I definitely want to, like, I was actually thinking, I really want to bring this into a little, bring a bit more kind of business into this podcast as well today. Because the reason, sure. of course, why you're here, apart from the fact that I love you, um, <laughs> is that uh, obviously we have just gone into business together Yay! and created a whole new program <laughs> called The Ultimate Vegan Kitchen, which launched on Monday. This is now being recorded on Wednesday. So it launched two days ago and we've already sold over nearly 300 programs. It's absolutely taking off. And so that's obviously why I wanted to have you on here. But I did, you know, people follow this, this podcast for vegan reasons, for fitness, for life coaching, but also for business. So I thought that because of how, you know, our story has evolved, we can kind of bring a few elements of all of those things into it. And so I love what you said there, which was consistency. And are you a naturally mm -hmm. consistent person anyway? Is that part of your personality or is that something you decided to do when you started the blog? Um, I, I, I no, I don't think I am actually. <laughs> well, you must be. 
in this one topic, I definitely am. Um, I guess I am in some ways. I don't know. I, I've always played around a lot and uh, I, I'm kind of, I'm a very impatient person. I always say that patience isn't a virtue that I have. Um, but for some reason I was able to be patient with the blog. And I think it's just because I found something that I truly loved and I truly saw results in. And I get messages from people saying that they made my recipe and they loved it. And that was just like, the best feeling to me. I just loved that. So because of that, I was able to be that consistent with it. Um, but in a lot of other things, I'm not super consistent, I think. And maybe that's my downfall in those areas. But when you're really passionate about something, I think you can find that consistency, just yeah, like you with right. bodybuilding, you know? Yes, you're right. It's really easy to be consistent whenever you know you can see the results and you're getting yeah. the feedback that it's working, whether that be the muscle is growing or people are writing to you, making your recipes. When mm-hmm. you're getting that feedback, it is easy. But what I would love to know is like your your recipes really are phenomenal. But where did you where did you start cooking? Like where did you develop a love of cooking? Uh, my family just loves cooking. I, I grew up in a family where the, when we wake up in the morning, the first thing we always did was talk about what we're going to make for dinner. Cause it would never just be like, Oh, today is taco night or whatever. We would plan out a menu for dinner. Um, and I just grew up on the other side of the counter. Like I'd sit at the counter and watch my mom cook and she would pass me stuff. And I would like do little bits of chopping or, you know, little like remove the leaves or stems from things or whatever. Um, so that's kind of how I fell in love with cooking. And then on top of that, um, my mom is a pretty healthy mom. Like she didn't want me to eat junk food. So we didn't really have like store-bought cookies and treats in the house all that often. So if I wanted to make something like that, she was totally fine with that because I was creating, I was doing something. So she'd be, if I wanted a cookie, she'd be like, go make a cookie then. So I'd start looking up cookie recipes. And, you know, I think I, first thing I probably made was like chocolate chip cookies. Um, but then I remember one day I ran out of chocolate chips and I was like, oh no, what could I possibly do? A cookie is not going to be good without any chocolate in it. And I found a bag of coconut and I just threw some of that in instead. And it ended up being a really delicious cookie. And that's, I think, kind of where I first like discovered that you can actually edit a recipe and still have results and it'll be good and it'll be a, like a really fun experiment. Um, so yeah, I think, I, think, I think that's where it started. I remember giving that. those cookies to to the people who were working on my farm because I because I grew up on an active farm and so the people that were working there I was just like here's my cookie you know I'm just like a little kid and they all loved them and I, you know and there's that feeling that I just love so much I'm like oh my god you love my cookies I'm so happy <laughs> you know it's like the perfect recipe for success it really is it's everything that I teach because obviously I'm very into child psychology and anybody who listens to this podcast will know I literally talk about how we're built and my own experiences as a child and I have studied a lot of what makes people entrepreneurial and do you know two things what's interesting is um what makes uh a, someone Uh, what makes an entrepreneurial adult is almost consistently across the board. They have done many, many studies and they realize that having an entrepreneurial experience as a child is almost... Is, is sorry, no, is not as almost, but was consistent amongst every single successful entrepreneur as an adult. When they had an experience where they earned money, like as I, mine was, I went around in the, the local golf club on the Sunday. I told this story for the launch of the Million Dollar Mentor. I went around the local golf club and um, sold kisses for 20 pence. 
And so I was like, do you want, and I know, I was like, do you want me to, do you want to kiss? And they were like, oh yeah, of course. And I was like, cost you 20 pence. And I came back with this big handful of money. And, uh, but what you've said actually really is the perfect, it's the perfect mix. So you had what I call an inductive learning experience where you, you realize that you didn't have chocolate chip cookies. So you're like, well, let's just try this over here and see what happens. And you realize that not only did it work, but it was, it was delicious. You discovered that by yourself, which, which mm-hmm. builds your self-esteem as a child. And that not only that, but then you got the positive reinforcement of, of, you know, you created something, you put it out into the world and you got that positive reinforcement. And those postulates that we call them primitives that are built as children mm-hmm. literally shape the rest of your life. So I guess there is a bit of nature, but there is there is a bit of nurture, but there's also a lot of nature in this. This comes so naturally to you because of your upbringing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I always got that encouragement because the more uh, recipes I tried, uh, the more I'd get positive feedback from people because we had a really busy house. There's always people around. So I could always give people some stuff. Um, and then I would get more like complicated and more fancy and I tried more things myself. And yeah, definitely always got that feedback over and over again. And I think that's definitely how I fell in love with cooking because there's no fun in making a recipe and giving it to someone and they're like, oh, gross. No, thanks. No, like no one wants that. <laughs> but no. if you get that positive reinforcement, then it's like, well, I want to do it again. I want to make something better this time. I want to make something more creative. I remember even one time there um, was a in Toronto, a chef named Jeff Kennedy, who, or sorry, Jamie Kennedy. And he's a pretty well-known uh, chef in Toronto. And he came by the house and I gave him these cookies and I made them. Um, I used to love baking as a kid because, you know, sweet tooth. Uh, but they were checkerboard cookies. So I had like made two different colors of dough and like lined up all of these little like cube strips and cut them. So that they were like these little checkerboards. So cute, really fancy. And he made them and said that they were fantastic. And I'm like, oh my God, this like super famous chef likes my cookies. I'm basically the most famous person in the whole world now. <laughs> Go me. <laughs> I love that. Oh my God. I love hearing that. That just, it just, it just makes me smile on the inside because that is so, and that is why you're so successful. But you weren't vegan. Sure, you weren't as a child. Oh, no, not at all. No, I grew up in a household with like literally animal heads on the walls. And I, I love steak and there's hunters and butchers in my family, like not vegan in the slightest. We even had um, a coop of chickens that we used for both laying eggs and meat. We, my parents raised ducks at one point for meat, like yeah, not <laughs> vegan in the slightest. I used to go fishing for fun, like definitely not vegan. <laughs> But actually, what's interesting is a lot of your experiences were kind of very like mine. I grew up on a farm too. We raised, you know, animals for meat. You know, it was very much like my my grandfather was a dairy inspector. He used to grind all of the dairies, um, and and um and test their milk to make sure that it was, that you know, that it was, yeah clean. And it's funny because in those days, actually, the smaller dairies as well, they just would have put their their milk urns at the top of the road, mm-hmm. and so before they actually, had, you know, and then they they would have come and been collected. But um, and so we were kind of the same. But so I think though you you understood the relationship of food as well. It wasn't like chicken or duck wasn't something that you just bought in a sterile packet from the supermarket shelf. You actually saw, this is a duck. It's a living, breathing animal. It's being raised for meat. Um, and so you saw that relationship, which I actually think is is really important that kids do see that. But what what made you decide to go vegan then? Like if you grew up in that kind of household, surely you should just be a red-blooded carnivore. <laughs> and I was for a long time. You know, I, I actually had several experiences in my life with vegans. Um, one time um, I actually had a roommate that was vegan and I thought that was really interesting. So I'm like, oh, she's going to show me all this amazing food because I always loved food and cooking. Um, and I don't, to this day, I don't know how she made vegan food smell so bad. It was <laughs> awful. So it was like the worst introduction ever. And then I also had uh, later on in life uh, two employees or like I worked in a place where 
two of the other employees were uh, vegan and I thought they were crazy. I'm like, you're crazy. But, um, but yeah, so definitely had experiences with veganism, knew what it was, which I think at the time, like that was like, you know, 10 years ago, a lot of people didn't even know what that word meant. I even knew what it meant, but it seemed so ludicrous to me. Cause I'm like, why would you do that? You're, you're going to die of protein deficiency. You're not going to enjoy any food. It's going to smell bad. You're going to like be deprived at the office party. You can't eat anything that's there. Like, this is terrible. What a like terrible choice. But then um, I sat down one day and I was having, it was in December 6th, actually. So my, my vegan anniversary is coming up. Coming up soon. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, but so I sat down and, uh, had, uh, I had one of those days where I'm just like, Oh, I'm just kind of feeling unhealthy, a little bit bloaty, not, not good. I want to feel a little bit, you know, cleaned up before the holidays begin, feel a little bit healthier. So I started watching this documentary, which was called, uh, Vegucated. I thought it was about vegetables, but it was actually about people going vegan. And, um, that totally changed my conception, my understanding of what veganism really meant. Cause I knew it meant cutting out these certain things, but I didn't really get why you do that. What and was it about that, Sam? Sorry to interrupt you. What was it specifically about that that changed your mind? Because that's a pretty big shift to go from being yeah. a carnivore to vegan. Like what 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 was it specifically about what you watched that triggered you or touched you? Yeah, I think it was just that it made such logical sense by the end. It's like if you love animals, I always claimed myself as an animal lover. Um I had a million pets growing up. I loved dogs. I had a rabbit. I had gerbils. I had like, I always loved animals, but then I was also, you know, paying for them to be killed and putting them in my mouth. So I, once that kind of contradiction was pointed out and I realized that, yeah, I can't actually argue that. Like that's a really big contrast. Um, and so if I want to live my life according to my own values, if I'm actually prioritizing animals' lives, I have to stop eating them. It's as simple as that. For a long time, I thought that that was kind of impossible to do. It was kind of unhealthy. You know, you're not going to get protein, all that stuff. And so not only did this documentary show me how logical it was to be vegan, but they'd also uh, started pointing at the fact that it could actually be healthier. And I was like, well, if it's healthier, then I have really no excuse. So I'm just killing animals for for like a few minutes of pleasure at that point. And uh, that didn't sit well with me at all. Yeah, it's funny because I, I think what you've said is true. Many people, um, it's almost like I'm I'm gonna draw a parallel here with uh unschooling, because we do it, we do a form of homeschooling with our kids called unschooling. And it makes so much sense to me because it's what I've well, it's what I've always done. But before I started unschooling my kids or started homeschooling homeschooling my kids, I would have been very traditional. I went to boarding school. So I would have been like, you know, we had our kids enrolled and had paid deposits for the boarding school that I went to. We didn't intend them to board, but there's also, you can go there as a day school. It's actually quite close to where we live now. And I was like, it's the best school. It's like one of the top schools in Northern Ireland. It costs an absolute fortune to send them there. But I was like, Mm -hmm. that's where my kids are going to go, you know? And so I would have been very much traditional, you know, schooler. And then kind of the same as you, one day I watched a, um, I watched actually an episode of Wife Swap with one of my now best <laughs> friends, uh, a girl called Dana Martin, who is like one of the world's leading advocates for unschooling. And I detest that show with a passion. But I saw that she'd been on the show. Someone had sent me the link to it. And I was like, oh, I'll just watch like five minutes of it before I go to bed. And so I turned on American Wife Swap, you know, to watch five minutes of this. And literally, I was glued 
to it the whole time. I did not know that this way existed. And as soon as I had the data that it was possible to live this way with your children, because like you, if we draw the parallel between you loved animals, and then you saw that, oh my God, well, hang on, I'm saying I love animals, but actually I'm killing to, you know, I'm paying to kill animals so I can eat them. How does that make sense? I had the same mm. re- revelation with um, with homeschooling. And I was like, I've always wanted to parent peacefully. I My kids hated going to school. I had to like cajole them and bribe them and sometimes just downright say to them, that's it, you're, get your shoes on, you have to leave, you know, to get them out the door. <laughs> and so I had all these values around peaceful parenting and nonviolence. I've always had values of nonviolence, peaceful parenting, of upholding others, of being gentle and kind and compassionate. It's who I am at my core. But yet I find myself having to force my children to do all of these things they didn't want to do. And the only way I could do it was through using force, which is what I'd always told me, I, to, you know, promised myself I would never do. Right. So once I had the data, it was like, I couldn't, I couldn't unsee what I'd seen. It was like something just clicked yeah. for me. I had a perceptual shift, had a massive integration, boom. And that was it. I started unschooling, like mm-hmm. literally the next day. <laughs> and so it's, I think sometimes what you've said is true. It's, it's just a, it's a perceptual shift we need to make. So a lot of people don't yeah. even really make the make the connection. They say, oh, I love animals. I love animals. And they campaign for the Yulin Dog Festival. And I'm like, but how is a dog different to a pig? You know, it doesn't make sense to me. So no. yeah, no, I, I agree. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have friends who are vets and they eat meat too. And I'm like, you literally have dedicated your life to saving animals. And yet you're also eating them, but it's like normal, right? That's what we're taught is normal and natural and necessary. Um, But once you kind of make that switch and whatever triggers that, it could be a documentary, a book, a friend, who knows? But once you make that, you can't, as you say, like unsee that. And then at at that point, it's your choice to knowingly go ahead and cause the harm or or do whatever it is you don't believe in anymore or, or to change your ways. And so there's really only two options. I actually have a lot of respect for people who say, yes, I love animals. Yes, I know that I'm paying to kill them. And yes, I whatever. And yes, I've been to an abattoir or a slaughterhouse and I've seen how it's done. Or I live on a farm and I've killed my own animals for meat and I still choose to eat them. Like someone who has yeah. evaluated it and made the decision, I may not agree with it, but I respect the fact that they have evaluated and made the decision. Um, and so I guess where I want to go with this, actually it's segueing into it beautifully, is you and I have have partnered now on the Ultimate Vegan Kitchen, which just to do a wee bit of a hard sales pitch, guys, uh, opened on Monday and closes on Sunday. So if you're listening to this on Thursday, you only have three more days to join. Sam's going to be going live for three months, guys, teaching you how to cook vegan. You don't need to be vegan to join. God, I can't really do a sales pitch now. You don't need to be vegan to join. She's just going to cook, teach you how to cook foods that, how to cook food that carnivores are jealous of, and it's only $97. We actually dropped the price from 297 to 97 to make it more affordable this time of year. But what I want to say is the reason why I'm talking about that is you have partnered <laughs> on this. Now, you are fully vegan, as in, and I did not know that this, whenever I first labeled myself as the sculpted vegan, I did not really even understand what the term vegan meant. So let's let's just clarify. You are fully vegan. You use no animal products, wear no leather, mm-hmm. shop ethically, source ethically, use cruelty-free beauty products. Yep. The whole works. The whole works. <laughs> it didn't start that way, obviously, though. It takes a while to get there. But yeah, yeah, no. Fully well, vegan at home. You weren't a perfect vegan from the very beginning? There's no such thing as a perfect oh, vegan. I hate friends anymore. <laughs> With this new data that I have on you, I've had a perceptual shift of, of new... No, I'm only joking. But so I want to like clarify now and say, I am not fully vegan. I am plant-based. Mm-hmm. I do still have leather products. Um, I try to buy cruelty-free where I can, It's but I am more like I choose not to eat animals or eat any dairy or eat any animal products. 
um, for my own reasons, which I've discussed on many other podcasts. If you're interested in hearing them, you can. I have a whole podcast on why I'm vegan. Um, but you have, let's not even get into that. I'm plant-based. You're vegan. No, I'm not going to change my name. <laughs> what I want to say is you've had a bit of backlash from some of your uh, followers. Is that true about partnering with me? Uh, a little bit. Yeah. Cause, because you do label yourself as vegan and technically you're plant-based. Um, so let's yeah. Talk about that. People- what are your views on that? Uh, so my views are that you can call yourself whatever you want. Honestly, I, it doesn't bother me if someone is vegan labeling themselves as vegan, but they're not a perfect vegan. They maybe have a mistake here or there. Or they use leather here or there. I'd rather someone try to be mostly vegan than not make any effort at all. And I encourage that. And people get all worked up about the titles, but this is not, this is not like a cult. You don't have to like, there's not these hard set rules that you absolutely have to do this or you're going to get kicked out. You can't, it's not about eating. Either you eat animal products or you don't like, it is about that, but it's not like, I would rather someone I'm getting all excited here. <laughs> no, it's, I think it, I think it's hard to put it into words. Sometime though, I think I think you're. We struggle for the words because we're like it's almost like this is what's important to me and this is why I do it. And I don't really give a shit when anyone else does. You know, yeah. try and be the best version of you that you can be. It sounds like that's what you're saying. Absolutely, yeah. And every little bit is going to help. And and here's the thing: like my family is still not vegan, but since since I've introduced them to amazing delicious vegan food that they make all the time um now they eat a lot more vegan than they ever did before and that's amazing to me their animal consumption is down they're saving the environment it's better for their health all those reasons i would rather everyone make efforts into eating more plant-based than to worry about being perfect because if you worry about being perfect it's just not, it's not sustainable. We live in an animal product based world. Maybe one day in the far future, it'll be really easy to be a perfect vegan because all the beauty products will be vegan and, and nothing will be made out of animal leather. But right now that's not the world we live in. And so I'd rather someone be an imperfect vegan or, or just trying to eat more plant-based than to, to do nothing at all. Yeah. And it's funny because did you know there's actually different definitions of plant-based as well? Like if you are to watch um, yeah. the Game Changers, like I listened to the interview with, uh, oh, what's his name? He was on Joe Rogan. What do you call the guy in Game in Game Changers? Um, oh, what is his name? Yeah. I know oh, who you're talking about. that's so terrible. <laughs> I can't remember his name. Uh, it'll come to me. I'll remember it. Um, anyway, he he was on Joe Rogan and he he defines plant-based as you eat 80% plants. 80% right. of your diet comes from plants, but the rest of it can come from meat and fish. And that's what he describes someone who's plant-based as. Whereas, you know, the vegans love to, you know, say I should call myself plant-based, the plant-based, sculpt, the sculpted plant-based. But then does that mean that, and I'm not here to defend, by the way, why I use it, but I think it's just important to say, so, but then then what about the people who are plant-based but still eat meat? Are they going to be pissed off with me then because I'm calling myself plant-based and I'm not? You know, it's it's weird how people get so hung up. Why do you think vegans get so upset? Um, I think it's because in general, vegans are trying to do better for the world. And I think when someone comes in and says that they're vegan, but they're not actually living their life 100% vegan, they feel like they almost don't earn that title. Mm-hmm. I think th- I think it might be something like that. Um, or that people are using the title to sell a lot too. So now you see, luckily, it's like veganism is becoming the trendy thing, which I think is great. 
Um, but you see products being labeled as vegan and people get mad about that as well because, you know, they say all their products aren't vegan. This is an entirely vegan restaurant. It's just this one thing. And I'm like, but isn't that great? It's now become a more popular thing that people want to promote their options as vegan. And to me, that's, that's, that, those are big step forwards, but I don't think everyone sees it that way. And I wish they did though. Let's move it forward. Who cares if everyone's perfect? It's about making those changes step by step by step. Yes, I agree. And also as well, I, I was trying this on the other week. Someone was asking me a question and I said, I think it's because like, if I try it on for other times in my life, when I've had experiences like this, I think sometimes as well, it comes down to a lot of vegans, it's hard to go vegan in the beginning. Yeah. A lot of people just go hardcore vegan and it's more difficult. Like you have to look at the label of everything. I mean, the amount of things that milk powder is in is astounding. Salt and vinegar <laughs> chips. It's like everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. Milk powder. And you look at the back of something, you go, oh my God, this has gelatin in it. Or this has, you know, which even I would have known as a vegetarian, I guess, but you know, or this has milk powder. Why on earth does this have milk powder? But you know, it's because they have to use all of the product, you know, and they mm -hmm. have to, you know, the cow is, is killed for meat and milked, milked for milk. And then, you know, they have to try and get, you know, extract every single tiny little bit of money they can out of that cow to make it worthwhile. But I think that the thing with vegans is, and I want you to try this on for a second. They get, I think they get a little, um, we call them the angry preachy vegans here on this called the vegan. Um, but uh, the APVs, I think that whenever something is hard like that and you have to really sacrifice, like you do, you have to sacrifice, you know, all of the normality of your life. You know, you have to look for the special section on the, the website or on the, the menu. Mm -hmm. You have to read the back of everything. You don't have all of the options open to you that the carnivores do. And mm -hmm. I think that what happens is they get... Um, they they get angry because they're like, I have sacrificed and you're over there not only earning shitloads of money from the word vegan, as in the sculpted vegan, but you haven't sacrificed. You haven't sacrificed the way I've sacrificed every day. Yeah. So they get angry at you for not sacrificing in the way that they have sacrificed. And not only are you not sacrificing, you're you're profiting, you know? And I and what I say to those people is, but you could choose you know, not even you could choose. And here's the thing. I think that whenever something becomes an ethic, which it has for you, and this is going to a whole discussion about veganism, which I didn't even really mean for it to, but <laughs> I think that when, when you, when something becomes an ethic, which it is mm -hmm. for you, you had a perceptual shift. You saw the yeah. relationship of you loving animals and eating them and whatever. You had this perceptual shift. It became an ethic. So all of your decisions to be vegan, just like my decisions to be plant-based are based around ethics, evaluation of the data, a decision and an ethic. I know that many people who choose to become vegan, it becomes a rule for them. So they don't really know how to make something an ethic, how to evaluate data, make a decision based on that, and then be happy with their decision, whether or not others agree. And that's how you know if something's an ethic. If it's an ethic, I may not, I may not like what you're doing, but I won't punish you for doing it because it doesn't take anything away from me and my choices. But I think whenever something's a rule and I've made this rule about being vegan and then I see you breaking the goddamn rule, I want to punish you because I've, 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 you know, I've toiled or I've suffered in some way and you're not suffering. And I see that happening a lot as well. And I would just love to I would love to change it, I guess. I would just love everybody to love each other. Yeah. I'd rather it be a, a warm, welcoming place. And, you know, that's what I try to do. But I, but I see that in like all sorts of areas. Like I remember I called myself a professional cook on Instagram a while ago and someone got really mad at me because they said, you're not a professional. You haven't gone to chef school or culinary school. And I'm like, okay, but it's literally my profession. I have a best-selling cookbook and I've run a blog for seven years and I doing this. doing it. 
and I earn money doing it. It's my profession, but you've been trained, you've been put in that, you know, so every, I, I agree with you that people think uh, you, if you haven't really struggled, if you've been put in all those, that incredible effort that you, you somehow don't deserve that title. Yeah. And it's the same as, you know, I don't have a, I don't, I'm not a PT. People, we get people writing to us sometimes and saying, oh, I want to buy one of Kim's programs, but can you please uh, tell me what professional qualification she has? My team writes back and they're like, yeah, she's a yoga teacher. And they're like, no, no, but I, but what is she, you know, what are her professional qualifications? Is she a qualified nutritionist? Is she a qualified, is she a personal trainer? What's her certifications? They're like, no, no. Yeah. She doesn't have any. And they're like, oh, what do you mean she doesn't have any? But what she has is a shitload of experience. <laughs> you know, you, you don't want to buy <laughs> Exactly. It's like flat on. You know, I don't, I don't need to, you know, flap my certificate in the air and go, oh, look at me, I'm certified. Like, what the hell does that actually mean? So you went to chef school or you didn't go to chef school. Is your food delicious? Yes. Can you make yeah. money cooking it? Yes. Can you teach others to do it? Yes. You're a pro. Yeah, exactly. I agree. I agree. And I think education is great, um, but it doesn't mean that you're going to necessarily be good at something. The proof is in the pudding or in the muscle in your case. (laughs) Well, tell us about the Ultimate Vegan Kitchen. So like, are are carnivores welcome in the Ultimate Vegan Kitchen, Sam? Of course. I'm a former carnivore. I I know we're not allowed to call them carnivores now, but they're omnivores. (laughs) Did you know that? Yes. But you're not allowed to use the label. I get told off for it all the time. Yeah. Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) so tell us about the kind of food you're going to be cooking in the ultimate vegan kitchen let's do another little sales pitch before Mm. i ask you the next Mm. question (laughs) so the goal of this is to uh, make food to teach people how to make food that is going to be so good it'll make carnivores jealous or omnivores whatever you want to say um because that's just like carnivores feels better yeah it's more fun let's be honest yeah um but because I grew up as an avid meat eater and a cheese eater, and that was my biggest, hardest struggle when I went vegan. I knew that I should be vegan because of all the logical reasons we talked about, but I loved the food I was eating. I didn't want to give that up. That was really, like really hard and heartbreaking for me at first. And at the time, eight years ago, um, like most of the vegan food that was available was like very sprouts and kale and, you know, bowls and grains and, um, you know, weird health food stores, uh, you know, expensive foods over there. And, and that was fine. Like I, so I made some of those recipes and they were, they were good. There's nothing wrong with those recipes, but it just wasn't what I grew up with. It wasn't what I was familiar with. And I missed my like favorite comfort foods the stuff I grew up on. And so that's kind of how I started developing my recipes. I just started playing around in the kitchen and using this, went to my regular old grocery store, filled up my cart full of everything I could find that was vegan, which turns out to be like most of the store, to be honest. When you start with basic foods, it's all vegan, you know, uh, beans and grains and vegetables and fruits and nuts and seeds. Um, And then I just started playing around with those and seeing how I could make that just as satiating, just as appetizing, just as satisfying and fulfilling and, you know, crunchy and crispy and uh, chewy and, you know, drool or the, uh, all the words and uh, flavors and textures that I was used to enjoying. I, I really started focusing on how to recreate those, but now using plant-based foods. Um, and once I started doing that, I started posting them online and I just fell in love with vegan cooking because I was like, this is amazing. Not only can I make food that tastes just as good, if not better than the animal-based foods I was eating before, but it's doing better for the world. It's making me feel better. I lost a couple of pounds just from not eating so much cheese, <laughs> you know, um, and I just fell in love with that. And so now I just really want to share that with people. So I share on my blog, of course, free recipes. And in my cookbook, you can get 
a lot of recipes as well. But this is going to be different because I'm going to really welcome everyone into my kitchen and give them that personal experience of starting a dish from beginning to end using all the different skills and techniques and talk about substitutions and, and troubleshooting and how you can enhance flavors. So you're going to really get that personal one-on-one feeling experience like you're in the kitchen with me and really learn how to cook food that's so good. So it's more than just following a recipe. It's really going to take you from someone who maybe doesn't know how to cook, you're nervous, you're new, or you just don't know how to cook vegan to to by the end, you're going to be a really confident cook and you're going to wow all your friends with your amazing food. It's going to be I so love, good. I'm like, I have to remember, I have to remember, I have to remember, I don't remember from two things <laughs> said there. I'm like, there's two things you said. The first thing that you said was, I, oh my God, I had this experience when I first went vegan. I was like, oh, the vegan cookbooks. I was on Amazon. I was downloading all the cookbooks. And they all arrived. I was like, fantastic. And I opened them up and I was like, holy shit, all this and all these ingredients to make one burger or all of this. And I have to blanch this and do this and ice this and cook this and marinate this and roast this and just to make a salad. It was like, <laughs> it was almost like they were trying too hard. Do you know what I mean? It was like, I'm yeah. going to make this the most delicious food you've ever tasted. And it's going to take you three days to prepare it. You know, it's like, oh my God, like it really did. You know, it, it sounded delicious. It looked delicious, but there was no way in God's earth I was going to be able to prepare that. Like, what I remember, I'm thinking of a book called Peace and Parsnips. Now, I, a guy called Lee, someone who made it, and it's an amazing book. And I still make a lot, I still make the burger out of it. But I remember going through that book and being like, and honestly, every recipe had like, had like a full page of ingredients oh, with, wow. you know, do this for the marinade and do this for the bit and do this for the bit. And then you're, it was almost like trying to flip and do rocket science, kind of trying to follow it. And I am an extremely accomplished cook like an extremely accomplished cook. And it it phased <laughs> even me. So I, I love the fact, so that's the first thing I want to say. I love the fact that your recipes are really simple. Um, mm-hmm. And that's the kind of food that you're going to be cooking, isn't it? I'll, I'll go back to my, I'll actually tell you my second point in a minute because I want you to answer that one. That is what you're going to be teaching, isn't it? Simple delicious food inside the Absolutely. ultimate Absolutely. No, and I, I fell into that trap too when I first started recipe writing that I'm like, if it's a good recipe, it has to be really complicated and have a million ingredients and like be super fancy. But then I realized that those aren't the recipes that I was making every night. I might, I might have done that in the beginning just to like try to impress someone, but that's not what I was making. Um, so once I started discovering that and just sharing the recipes that I was actually making, which to be in the beginning, I almost felt guilty about. I'm like, here's a recipe. It's five ingredients. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. It's so, so like, simple and easy. <laughs> is this even like, oh, am I giving you any value? But like, those are the recipes that tend to be the most popular. Like I have this um, tofu bite recipe on my blog. I think it's five ingredients. You just toss the tofu, bake it, but it's just the the right combination of ingredients, the right temperature, the right cooking time. It is one of my most popular recipes on my blog because I make tofu taste good in a really, really easy way. And so, yeah, I'm all about those simple recipes because if you can make food really simple to make and really delicious, well, that's the recipe that you're going to make over and over again. It's going to become a go-to, just like yeah. the, the cauliflower well, yeah, that's you're exactly mentioning. What I, yeah. I can even tell you now, you know, it's two tablespoons of nutritional yeast, one teaspoon <laughs> of garlic powder, one teaspoon, you know, half a teaspoon of cayenne. It's, you know, I can tell you exactly what the recipe is because I've made it so many times because it's so simple and so easy. And I've even played around with the ingredients and added a little bit of more of this, a little bit more of that. And one day I was drunk making it at a barbecue <laughs> and I just kept throwing shit on and tossed it up and put it in the oven and it was really delicious, but dear God, it was strong. And so and spicy. So yes, you're right. Like really, and I have you ever heard? I think it's a Bruce Lee quote, and he said, "I'm sure it's Bruce Lee." I always quote it in my programs, and he said, "You know, if you can make things simple, if not simpler, 
And he said the, the mark of a, you know, the mark of a master teacher is someone who can actually simplify things down to the tiniest ingredients, the, the smallest, uh, what is it they call it? The core set or something, I think it's called. Like what, hmm. how can I, and I always teach people that whenever I teach copywriting or teach, you know, business or whatever I say, once you've written, a, once you've written an email, if you're copywriting, once you've written an email, you should go back to write that, e- you should go back and look over that email and take out every single word that does not need to be there. So that all that is left is exactly the the smallest amount of words to convey what it is that you want to convey. And it's a skill to be able to make things really, really, really simple. So you might think, or people might think, oh, there's only five five ingredients, but actually (laughs) who has the time to stand in the kitchen all day cooking one freaking meal, you know, that's gone in two and a half seconds. So that was the first thing I wanted to say. The second thing I wanted to say about, I I guess, about the Ultimate Vegan Kitchen uh, to really, because a lot of people have been saying, to, you know, why we're promoting this this week and whatever. One of the questions we're getting is, well, you know, I followed her for years, like eight years, Sam, you've been giving away free recipes. Mm-hmm, eight years, yeah. let's face it. You've given away a lot of free shit in your time, right? <laughs> now it's time to cough up people, okay? Now it's time to start paying for the goods. No, but uh, the I guess where I really, and we've been getting the question, our customer support team obviously has been getting the question, you know, well, how is this different to you know, all the other recipes that I've been getting from Sam, like, you know, why should I join this? But I want to tell you from my experience, why someone should join it rather than you saying, and then you can tell me why someone should join. But I remember I, you're, you have a recipe for seitan steaks, I think it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, for those of you who don't know, seitan is made from uh, vital wheat gluten. It's basically, so if you're gluten, if you're gluten free or celiac, don't, don't make it. No. Uh, <laughs> definitely not. But it's really simple to make. Seitan is actually really simple to make. And I gave it to our, we have a private chef at home. Everybody knows that and hates me for it, which is fine. But so we have a private chef at home and our last chef who was just was not as good as our, our current chef. I gave him your seitan steak recipe. And so I remember one Friday, I gave it to him. I said, can you please make this for Ryan and I, you know, tonight or whatever to eat. And he made seitan steaks with like a chimichurri um, on the side. And I think he made some like oven baked fries and whatever. And Ryan and I had had a couple of beers outside. So, you know, we were hungry, but not, we weren't plastered, but you know, you had that nice Friday night buzz on a few beers. Mm-hmm. We came in to eat these steaks. <laughs> And the steaks were like, they just looked like two big slabs of meat sitting on the plate. And I was about like, I don't know how I feel about this. Like, this really does look like a steak. And whenever we cut into it, like the juice was running out of it, the chimichurri on the top, the fries on the side, there was a salad. It was the best thing. And Ryan was like, this is like eating a steak. This is the best thing I've eaten in a long time. So it was so delicious. I won't say it, it literally, it just kept me, I just thought about it all week. So I said to Ian the next Friday, I said, can you do those again for us? They were just so amazing. And he made them again the next week and we sat down and we were like, oh, we're like tucked into it. And I was like, oh, it's so amazing. Cut through it. I was like, oh, it feels, feels a bit tougher than last week. Okay. And I put a bit in my mouth and I was like, um, and chewed. I was like, um, um, um. And I started <laughs> chewing and it was like a piece, it's like chewing a piece of rubber. Oh, like, no. <laughs> it was, I don't know what he'd done, but he'd obviously messed it up somehow. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God, I was so disappointed because it was so <laughs> delicious the week before. And this week had really, really bad. So what I want to say is that's where the ultimate vegan kitchen really comes in. Because if I had been in your group, I would have gone in and gone, Sam, what did I do wrong? It was so delicious the first week and the second week. And you could have said, well, what would you have said, actually? What would you have asked me if I had come in and oh, said? Oh, well, seitan is like, it's a beast of its own. It's like a really picky thing. Just changing one little thin, thing when making seitan, and this is not true of most most recipes, but for seitan, <laughs> it definitely is. <clears throat> Just changing one little thing, and uh, you can really mess it up. But um, So I don't know what your chef did, but if he, if he changed out an ingredient that could 
you mess it up. Um, or if you overneed it in that recipe, it, it's a really recipe. You just kind of want to toss it together as quickly as you can and right. shape it and steam it. But if you start working that dough and really, you're just going to make it tougher and tougher and tougher oh. and tougher. Oh, right. See, these are, so these are little things, right? That you, so you can download a recipe from a blog and you can go, mm-hmm. oh, this is great. And I think I did get that recipe from your blog. So you can say, download a recipe from blog. Can you please make this? And then the next thing though, you know, and then, then I make it and it turns out like shit, like, yeah, <laughs> you know, like then you have nowhere to turn. Whereas, you know, what I love about my sculpted vegan community, which is why we've decided to do this, you know, ultimate vegan kitchen together, is that mm-hmm. someone can hop on and say, "Okay, guys, the seitan was like it was like tough as old boots. What did I do wrong?" And either you're going to hop in, or one of the coaches who you're training is going to hop in, and they're going to say, "Okay, so tell us what you did." And they say, "Well, you know, I did this, and I did this, and I how long did you need it for?" Oh, probably a good ten minutes. Far too long. That was your <laughs> You know, yeah. so we're going to be able to help you to troubleshoot these things so you can go back and you can do it again because we want you to have success with vegan cooking in the long term. Not just be able to make yeah. this one recipe tonight, but, but to be able to have a crowd of carnivores around for dinner and serve them all seitan sticks. Yeah. And don't even tell them, you know, and 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 wow them with amazing food. And that comes and, and from even commitment. Yes, yeah. And, and even better yet, uh, if you mess up like that, like I can help you uh, save that meal so you don't actually have to throw it in the trash. So I'd recommend marinating it uh, for maybe like three days, like really let it get tender in the fridge and then cooking it. But then maybe instead of trying to eat it like a steak, um, slicing it really, really thin. And so that would help cut the chewiness. And so you can actually still oh. use that and throw it, maybe throw it on a sandwich with a little slaw yeah. and have like a really delicious, juicy sandwich. Oh, Scottish, like, like some kind of yeah. beef and horseradish, Satan yeah, beef there and you horseradish, go. and like a I can imagine like a big sub rule or something with loads of yeah. lettuce and mayo and or horseradish, not mayo. <laughs> Making myself hungry. <laughs> like some, some pickled beetroot, maybe or pickled but that's cabbage. It. That's it. But it, uh, cooking, like you know, we all make mistakes, and that's okay. But now, now, what do you do with that mistake? I'm, I, I don't like to throw out food if I can. No. So if, if you if there's a way of saving it, and often there is, you know, that's the kind of thing I'll be able to guide you through as well. Oh my God. I love it. I absolutely love it. So here, <laughs> I want to pivot a little bit, actually. So now that we start talking about the Ultimate Vegan Kitchen, I want to pivot a little bit and I want to um, I want to ask you, how has it been? Because I mean, this is something I haven't asked you, but like, how has the whole experience of... Uh, I was going to... Okay, hang on. Sometimes I get... I'm, <laughs> I'm sure it drives Mark, my creative director, who edits these bananas because I ask about twenty <laughs> questions in one go. So here's actually how I'm gonna how I'm going to position this. So for those of you who don't know, Sam joined my million dollar mentor program, and then you know we we'd kind of been talking about, or I've been thinking, oh, I want to start this online vegan kitchen, but I really don't have time, and my chef doesn't have time, and I'm not a professional cook anyway. But I knew it was something that would be interesting to people. And I, uh, so then we decided that we would, we would, you know, we had a conversation one Friday and then we had a conversation the following Friday. And then on Monday we were in business together. And that was like five (laughs) weeks ago, five weeks ago. We went from idea, from we decided we were going to do business together to launching this company in three weeks. Now, the only reason why we have been able to do that is because of the infrastructure that I have in place that I have built in, in obviously in my company in, well, I was going to say in the Sculpted Vegan, but it's actually Kim Constable Limited because we have several companies now. So, um, but I know that it's probably been um, challenging, I think is the word <laughs> I'm going to say for you going, because most people who start an online business, and obviously you have your blog, but you you don't you don't have an online course like this. You know, you make no. money in other ways through your blog, advertising and, and your cookbook sales, obviously. And so 
most people who start an online business, they start off with like an idea and then they do like one smaller product and then they, it sells and then they maybe <laughs> do another one and then they kind of build up and then they get all the, you know, all the, oh my God, this person was negative or how many emails should I send? Or they have, you know, so you kind of learn, you try a little bit, you learn, you try a little bit, you learn. Mm-hmm. And, and so you get to build up gradually and you develop a thick skin, I guess, along the way as well. But you've kind of gone from zero to a thousand <laughs> in three weeks. <laughs> and I've li- and literally my entire, you've literally been absorbed into my entire team. And I just would love to know, we haven't actually spoken about it. What has the experience been like for you? You can be completely candid and you can say anything to me. Like, I thought you were fucking crazy. I was really angry with you. I've been really shocked. Like you're anything. You can say anything here. I never take offense, but I would love to know what it's been like for you to go from there to here in such a short space of time. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's definitely been a roller coaster of feelings, I think. Like in the beginning when you went into partner, I was like, oh my God, this is the most exciting thing in the whole world. And then when it actually started happening, it was like the most nerve-wracking thing in the whole world. And then, you know, I don't know what to expect. And so uh, some things were done and I'm like, oh, I don't like that color. And you're like, no, we're doing it anyways. And I was like, oh man. (laughs) But then you changed. (laughs) You know, I think that's been interesting for both of us to learn how to have a partnership because neither of us have really done that. Um, So yeah, it's just been a total wave. And then now like my phone is going ding, 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 ding with your team, which is so weird because I've been running a business by myself for over seven years now. Uh, And I'm not used to really getting anyone's approval on anything. I'm not really used to getting messages from people apart from, you know, my fans saying they either like my recipe or have a question or whatever. Uh, So it's just been a real whirlwind. Yeah. I I kind of booked off this whole week from doing anything else because I was worried it was going to take up all my time. Well, not only has it taken up my time, but like, I, like I last night I was like, ding, 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 you know, till like 10 at night. <laughs> and so it's been crazy and stressful and exciting. And I'm not sure what to expect. And I keep messaging you and be like, is this okay? I don't know. Is this good? <laughs> it's just like a, a total whirlwind of not knowing what to do with myself and trying to make sure that it still represents my brand, which it does, but uh, just wor- working that partnership. It's, I'm not used to running things by people. So I find that a little bit weird, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I yeah. do too, to be honest. It's been, it's <laughs> been, cause I'm used to being, you know, I, I'm used to making decisions based on gut instinct and obviously marketing is my mm-hmm. forte, you know, and, and in fairness, you do keep saying to me, you know, um, you do keep saying to me, like, you're the expert. Here's my opinion, but you're the expert. Just like I would say, here's my opinion on this recipe or this whatever, because I am a very accomplished cook, mm-hmm. but you're the expert. And I would give you, you know, whatever, which is fair. But for me, it's been weird because, you know, I, I like, I'll, you know, I'll get your questions or, you know, about coming through. Do you, you know, do you think this, or I'm, I'm worried about this or whatever. And I, and I get like, oh shit, maybe I've done something wrong or maybe, I, and then I go, no, 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 no. <laughs> That's how I, I feel. Know. I know. And then I'm like, no, no, no. It's okay, Kim, you know, you've got this. It's fine. This is what we do. But so it's been weird for me too, because I really wanted to uphold you and uphold your brand. And I said that to you in the beginning, communication is key. We have to communicate anything that you're worried about or scared of or need to voice, um, you know, which you did voice to me during the week. Can I talk, can I ask you what you, can I be honest about what you asked me not to do during the week? (laughs) Are you okay with that? So I got yeah. a message from Sam during the week and she was like, I don't, and I could tell you were nervous sending it as well. You were like, you know, oh shit, is it okay? Like I have to ask for this. And you were like, you know, because obviously I'm quite, you know, vocal about, uh, you know, about my thoughts on coronavirus, my thoughts on anything really. I'm just kind of vocal yeah. on my Instagram about this. So I'm quite vocal you do about not hold back, that's for sure. No, I do not hold back. And, uh, and so I am just very defiant. I'm real like, fuck you attitude. So 
So um, no, I don't. But I, I'm just I'm, I'm happy to obviously speak out. And Sam messaged me during the week, and she was like, "I'm just getting a few a few people saying that they're a bit offended by your product. I you know, like you know, that they wouldn't want to partner, wouldn't want to join this, or whatever, because I'm partnering with you, and you have such strong views. Is there any way you could like?" rein that in, not be that way. Because my brand is obviously being seen in conjunction with your brand at the minute. And, you know, I don't, they're almost seen as one and I don't, wouldn't want anything to affect this launch or this product or what I'm putting out in the world and affect my brand. And to be honest, I hadn't, it wasn't even something I'd ever even considered. I hadn't even, and which is weird because I consider a lot of things, but I hadn't even considered that. And I was like, sure, no problem at all. Like I, <laughs> I was like, I am not vested in what I post on my Instagram or what I or what I don't, you know, mm-hmm. in in any way. And I think that it was, it was, I was so glad that you were able to come to me with that. And were you surprised by my response? Did you expect me to be? Annoyed? I was actually because you are so who you are, and you just like share your opinions <laughs> without any hesitancy. Um, yeah. So I thought you, I, I, I was worried. Because I didn't want to censor you. I didn't want to like tell you you can't be who you are. But also I kind of wanted to censor you and tell you you couldn't be who you are. You know what I mean? Understandably. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, but yeah, no. So yeah, I was surprised at how you're just like, yeah, no problem. I was like, oh, well, that was easy. (laughs) (laughs) It was great. It's been such a learning curve for me as well. Like really getting to know you and also like having to work with someone because I'm like you, you know, and I think that that's, you know, I think what we realized from the very beginning is we're both very similar in so many ways. Yeah, it's so different. You're so blonde. I'm so dark. You know, you're, you're much sweeter <laughs> disposition than me. I'm much more in your face. But yet underneath it all, we're actually very similar and we work very well together because mm-hmm. we both act quickly. We both work on instinct. We We work fast. And we both run successful businesses at the end of the day, you know, when we're confident in making decisions about what we do. So learning to kind of do that together and respect each other, uh, still listen to each other, but still respect each other's opinions, I think has been, um, has been a real learning curve, but it's been great. It's, I think it's been growth, certainly for me, yeah. and hopefully for you as well. Oh yeah, no, definitely for me as well. Yeah, it's been, it's been a fun experience so far. I can't, just see, can't wait to see how it all yeah, how it all unfolds. Not, I don't even want to say ends because I don't want it to end. I yeah. think it's just how it continues. <laughs> I know, but honestly, it was whenever all my... like Because we set up a coaching group for... Uh, just Obviously, you know this, but I'm sorry. We set up a coaching group with... I have a team of coaches who are worldwide who work with all my groups who are all... They're amazing. Um, they are amazing, aren't they? They <laughs> yeah. are just like... Uh, they are incredible. But I was like, I almost didn't want to unleash them onto you because I knew what would happen as soon as they... Because they really, as far as they're concerned, you are now part of me. And so therefore, you're part of the family. And you just get all... <laughs> All their love and attention and all of your all of your followers and your people and whatever they also get all their love and attention but I knew what would happen once I unleashed them onto you on a whatsapp <laughs> group that your whatsapp would literally blow up uh which it has because they've obviously been they're very very keen to know the answers and to get you know the information from you so they can do the best possible job to support you in this launch and I just was mm-hmm. like I just was thinking last night I said to my husband going to bed I said I'm sure Sam is just I'm sure her head is literally spinning on her shoulders because, you know, this week has just been insane. We're so used to it, the whole team's used to it, but it's like throwing someone in in a CEO position when they've never even worked in the company. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So I hope you've enjoyed it though. And I hope that you're kind of um, learning a lot as well, even if you're not even seeing a lot of what's happening behind the scenes, like learning about the pivoting and the changing and the moving and the... Oh yeah. No, it's all that... very exciting and nerve-wracking. And I love that though. I, I'm, I'm not someone who is complacent. Like I like to 
continually do new things, new projects, take on new challenges. Uh, so I love, I love this challenge. It's great. Yeah, you're totally up for it. And I think a lot of people don't <laughs> see what happens behind the launch as well. They just see something's launched. That's great. It happens. And and then it, you know, and then, and then the, the program happens. What they really don't see is the extra emails and the tweaks and the feedback and the customer service and the, the, you know, the, the questions and the, mm. you know, and the, the, the figuring shit out as we go along, <laughs> like they just, they don't see like, you know, it's almost like an iceberg, you know, it's like so lovely on the top. And then underneath there's this massive, or a duck is, that's probably a better thing. A duck is swimming, you know, and they're pedaling like crazy under the water, but you just see them gliding through the water. We make yeah. it look like a glide, whereas really we're all actually frantically pedaling underneath that's it all. true of like so many things though, even with like recipe writing, you know, uh, half the time I do eight recipe testing like versions before I get to the final one. And the final one might seem so, so, so simple, just five ingredients and, you know, 10 minutes cooking or something. Um, but it took a lot of effort to actually get to make it that simple. And it's the same with you. I think, you know, you spend hours in the gym, it, yes. but people only just see the end result. They see the before and after and they're like, oh, <laughs> yes, that is so true. Or they see you standing on stage all tanned and white teeth yeah. and sparkly bikini. And they just, they don't see the crying and the sweat and the tears <laughs> and the exhaustion and the deprivation and the mm-hmm. for not seeing your family. They just see the end result, but they truly don't see what goes into it. And I think that that is the mark of a master. Like you truly are a master. You can produce a recipe that is absolutely delicious, that has five ingredients, five ingredients. And it is stunning. And people think, oh, well, that's easy. Well, you do it then. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And they don't. That's why I'm able to do what I do. (laughs) Yeah. And here, tell me, uh, tonight, actually, uh, well, not tonight. Um, Actually, I I winked at you there as if to say, Sam, we're saying it's tonight. But actually, then I was like, that's (laughs) like, you're like, what is she going to say here? She just winked at me. Uh, this was not in the script. Um, it was more actually that this is going out on a Thursday. It might even be released on a Wednesday. Oh, no, today's Wednesday. It's going to go out on a Thursday. And um, it's going to go out tomorrow, actually. And we are, you're hosting a live event on your Facebook page on yes, the same day Facebook that this is released. And Instagram. And Instagram. I know. Sam was like, how do I do two together? I was like, Adam, your fiance, get him to hold two phones. <laughs> Yes, really. It's called multitasking. <laughs> so tell us about that. So tell us what you're going to be teaching and where and when uh, everyone can join, because that's free. Uh, yes, that is free. Um, yeah, so I'm going to be teaching how to make my mozzarella recipe. So it's a vegan mozzarella, obviously, but it's only seven ingredients and takes 15 minutes to make. And it's one of those recipes that, you know, seems so easy, but obviously it takes all the the testing, but it's just the the combination of the right seven ingredients. And then you get this it's the most amazing texture. It's so cool to use, uh, you know, it's cashews and water is one of the ingredients. <laughs> it's salt. Um, but the secret, which maybe you'll have to come to the thing. I don't know. Should I reveal the secret? I'll reveal the secret. They won't mind. <laughs> um, but it's actually tapioca starch, which is actually really easy starch to find. My grocery store carries it, but if yours doesn't, you should be able to get it like at almost any, any place. Um, but, um, it's just a, the, the way that the starch works is so different than uh, cornstarch or flour or potato starch. It provides, when you cook it just right and mix it with these ingredients, this crazy, like, stretchy, pulley cheese experience. So you can put this on pizza and you have that, like, pull, that cheese pull that everyone wants. And, you know, I think that's that's part of uh, what people miss, or at least that's what I missed when I went vegan. It's just those those experiences that you're used to. It's like, okay, you buy that pre-shredded vegan cheese at the supermarket and you sprinkle it on and it doesn't even like melt. It just stays in the little like shred forms. But this is the, you, this gives you that melty experience and you can make it in your home for like a couple bucks. 
Oh my God, I love it. Well, I have to tell you a funny story. My husband and I were driving to the gym this morning and he was scanning through his, um, scanning through Instagram, not Instagram, Amazon. He's actually doing all of the, the, all the shopping this year for Christmas. So he's scanning through in, uh, Amazon and he goes to me, who, what's the tapioca starch for? And I went, tapioca starch. And he goes, yeah, what's the tapioca starch? We call it tapioca flour over here, actually. He goes, yeah, what's, same the, thing, what's the yeah. tapioca flour for? And I went, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't order it. And he goes, <laughs> So he calls Maya and he goes, Maya's my 10-year-old daughter. And he goes, uh, Maya, what, what? Did you order tapioca flour? And she goes, oh yeah, it's to make vegan mozzarella. And he was like, where are you making vegan mozzarella from? And she goes, I saw it on Mommy's New Business Partner on her website and they're doing like a live event. So I thought that I would watch it and I would make the, I would make the mozzarella. And I was like, oh my God, my 10-year-old is following you on Instagram. And then she saw That's the post amazing. and then she ordered the tapioca flour and she's going to follow along and make the vegan mozzarella. That's amazing. On Thursday. So if a 10-year-old can make it, I think anyone can make it. Oh yeah, um, a 10-year-old can definitely make it. Here, I have one final question for you because I can't believe we've been talking now for so long. Um, I have one final question for you. And I think that um, this is something that I have asked a lot within my groups. I said this to you the other day, actually, so it won't come as a surprise, but I um, a lot of, I was asking for feedback from my groups as to why they would join the Ultimate Vegan Kitchen or why they would not or what would stop them. I'm always looking for feedback. And one of the things that they said to me was, you know, we we love Sam's recipes, but we don't know Sam. Like we don't, we know her recipes, but we don't know her. And it made me think, yeah, you've been online for eight years, eight years. And yes, you have an Instagram and you're very active on your Instagram and you're always, you know, doing stories and that kind of stuff. But unless you follow you on Instagram, like you have 2 million people come through your website every <laughs> week, month, month, yeah. month, every month. So there's a lot of people, right? But you have 130,000 followers on Instagram. Yeah. 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 So like, that's a small portion of the 2 million that are coming through your website. Yeah, and of course, not 130,000 watch my stories every day. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And so what I would say is, you know, what I really want to hit home is to anyone listening to this who's like, well, I joined the Ultimate Vegan Kitchen or not. You know, you think Sam's recipes are amazing and they are, but what you really have never seen yet is the Sam behind the recipes. And, you know, and I think that's a really important, like, <laughs> I have loved getting to know you over these last few months, you know, and I guess, you know, why why ha why have you is there a reason you focused on being behind the camera or not putting yourself forward so much online? Did you purposely hold back or is it just not something you ever saw a need for? Like why come out of the woodwork now and what can people expect if they join and they get to know you in that group? Uh yeah. Uh, it was on purpose at first. I'm actually a very shy person and I used to be anyways. <laughs> um my mom said that to me the other day, actually. She's like, Oh, I saw your new video, the promotion for the ultimate vegan kitchen. She's like how did you get so good on camera? Like uh, my mom, my dad, my sister, they're all very like loud spoken out there people. And I was always the shy one. And they're like, how come you're the one who's good on camera? But I yeah, no, I've always been a bit shy. When I started my blog, um, I didn't even have a picture of myself on it. I had like a little cartoon drawing of myself that I drew because I was, I was, I didn't want people to see me. I was shy. I was embarrassed. I don't know. I wanted to hide behind a curtain and it's only been over time of exposing myself and, you know, my friends and everyone saying, you know, no, you have to put your face to the brand. That's you. Um, so it's just been over time, over time, slowly, slowly, slowly revealing myself and just becoming more confident as a person of who I am now um, that I've been doing that. So I guess I'm just for the first time fully getting comfortable with having that live experience with, you know, strangers, welcoming strangers into my kitchen and, uh, and showing them really who I am and, and how I work. 
I think it's going to be really fun and really special. (laughs) I love that. And so because they really are getting to come into your kitchen with you. Like that's where all of the filming is going to be done. Your your fiance, Adam, is going to help you with the filming. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Which will be fun as well because he's like, he's he's very camera shy. He doesn't, even like on a Zoom, he's like off to the corner, hiding in the corner. (laughs) Yeah, my husband, my husband always says that. He's always like, I don't want to be an Insta husband. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He doesn't want to be at Yeah, I know. Um, but yeah, so that's good. He'll be helping me with the filming and stuff, but I don't think you'll ever see him on camera, but maybe hear him behind the scenes. I think he'll help read out the questions and stuff, but yeah, it'll be like a real personal experience. I mean, you're in the kitchen with me in my everyday life, basically. And the only difference is that, uh, that I'm filming it. <laughs> yeah. yeah but, and I really wanted to show that, I guess, as a differentiation point, because we have, you know, have people saying, well, I've been following our recipes for years. Like, you know, why would I now pay $97 for, by the way, guys, hmm. $97, right, for a three-month cooking school. You won't get that anywhere. We dropped the price no. because we realized 297 this price, this is a lot of people have been saying to me, this is worth far more than 297 And I'm like, I know it is, but we dropped the price simply because we were getting feedback people. It was just after Black Friday and Cyber Monday, which I didn't even know was a thing. And, you know, Christmas is just around the corner, coronavirus coronavirus and you know people just didn't have the 297 that they could invest and so we decided mm-hmm. we still wanted them to have the experience and you know we wanted to make as much money as oh no I shouldn't say that I don't want to joking <laughs> but it's true like we wanted it to be a good experience for everybody of course we want to make money we're in business together but truly we could have kept the price at 297 and actually probably made more money but we wanted to open it up to more people and drop the price and give you guys that opportunity to see Sam in her home kitchen creating mm-hmm. these incredible recipes not just like downloading them online but actually seeing how they are created and seeing behind the scenes of of how it all happens and being able to ask questions and get support. And that is just invaluable. So personally, I can't wait to see how it all goes. And I'm a very accomplished cook. So if I'm going to get a lot out of it, I can't even imagine what newbies are going to get out of it. Yeah, well, there's something very different than reading a recipe or seeing a very edited like food network show, cooking show. Um, when you just watch people do all the things they do, make mistakes, I'll probably make a lot of mistakes <laughs> right on camera with you. But that's how you learn how to cook. That's how I learned how to cook, watching my mom and dad cook. And my fiance, like that, he's now uh, like enjoys cooking. He used to find it a nuisance and didn't know how to do anything really. He could just do like one or two dishes that he now says are not even good compared to what he can do now. And he had learned just by watching me learn how to, watching me cook. Um, so you get that same experience. You just get to learn how to cook the real way. I think, I you know, it. you can read all you want, but until you actually see an experience, you're not really going to be that comfortable. I don't think. It's, it's funny. It reminds me of going to the gym. Ryan now does train with me and my trainer, Mark, in the gym. But people used to say to Ryan, you know, go to the gym with Kim. And he used to go, listen, she tells me what to do enough <laughs> during, <laughs> during the day. I don't need to be told what to do anymore. So I'm not going there. Going, I know. I have to keep my lips sealed when Adam's cooking. He gets mad at me if I say anything. so hard. Um, so two things we didn't do before we go. We didn't tell people where they can catch the live demo of the vegan melty mozzarella. Can you please give us the details? Yes, yes. So it is, it'll be live both on my Facebook or Instagram. So whichever one you prefer, they Facebook are both... Tell us. It, it doesn't taste like chicken. And so it's actually, it'll be, it'll be facebook.com. Sorry to interrupt you. www.facebook.com forward slash it doesn't taste like chicken. If you want to actually yes. type in the URL, but we do have the link in the show notes. If you're watching this or let's watch on say watching. If you're listening to this, either on iTunes or on, uh, or whatever you listen to, or on our website, the link is in the show notes. So you can just click the link. And mm-hmm. also on Instagram. 
on my Instagram and my handle is it doesn't taste like chicken and it's going to be on Thursday, December 3rd at 9am PST, 12pm EST and 5pm UK time. <laughs> Yay! We have to give all of the time zones because we're all over the world. And actually we've had a few members join the Ultimate Vegan Kitchen from Australia. Did you know that? No, yes, that's great. Today, yes. I love so, that. Uh, do you know we sell 10% of programs in Australia? 10%? Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, really yeah. good. So actually one of my best friends lives in Australia. So maybe it was her. Ah, <laughs> I don't maybe. think it was actually. No, probably not. <laughs> and so then the last thing is um where so they want to join. People are like, okay, you sold me. I'm in. I love the lovely Sam and I want to see more of her. Where did they go to join? The ultimate vegan kitchen.com. Woohoo! Bottom, click buy now. And uh, we actually have a two pay option as well. So even if you can't swing the $97, you can choose to pay in two monthly installments of $48.50. I mean, it is super, super cheap. You cannot beat that with a big stick. So ultimatevegankitchen.com if you want straight in. If you also want to get the live, go to Sam's Facebook page or Instagram at 9 a.m. PST, 12 p.m. EST, 5 p.m. Yep. I closed closed the image. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's fine. Five PM. It's hard to remember all the different time zones. Here, listen, my brain is used to working in so many different time zones. You've no idea. Uh, Sam Turnbull, um, we we talk every day now, but this was actually, I felt like I even got to know you better during this podcast. So this was absolutely wonderful. Thank you so much for coming on. Always enjoy hanging out with you. Yeah. And I. Oh, and that's my little dog, Chickpea. Chickpea, I was going to say, we Chickpea. Oh, he's so cute. He's way up the stairs to lie in a bed or on top of your, uh, your clean laundry. That's where he likes to lie, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, listen, Sam, thank you so much. Um, loved having you on, and I will catch up with you again later. All right, yay. Okay, <laughs> bye. Well, hey, how did you like that? Wasn't she just amazing? Oh my God, I've really gotten to know Sam over the last couple of weeks, and let me tell you, it has been tough for both of us because she, I've had to work through so much stuff, you know, whenever she asks me questions or she questions my decisions or, you know, where I basically say to her, nope, this is the way we're doing it. Like we have both had to learn how to get on, how to compromise, how to trust each other. Oh my God, it's been so hard to trust each other because we really, we didn't, did not know each other before we went into business, but we are slowly but surely building a very strong relationship. And hopefully this is going to be the start of a long, prosperous and profitable relationship for both of us. Um, but I I hope that you loved her as much as I did. And don't forget to, um, if you can, come along to the live cooking demo. No, absolutely no obligation to purchase anything. We are going to be giving away, actually, Sam's going to give away two memberships to the Ultimate Vegan Kitchen, uh, one on Instagram and one on Facebook. So just some person who shows up and comments. So make sure that you, if you want to win a membership to the Ultimate Vegan Kitchen, make sure you go to either her uh, Facebook business page, It Doesn't Taste Like Chicken, or her Instagram, It Doesn't Taste Like Chicken. Um, Later on today, if you're listening to this on Thursday, don't even ask me what date Thursday is. Well, today's Wednesday the 2nd, so Thursday the 3rd of December. If you're listening to this on Thursday the 3rd of December 2020, then you can go to Sam's business page um, at 9 a.m. PST, midday EST or 5 p.m. British UK time to learn how to make stretchy, gooey, delicious vegan mozzarella using only seven ingredients in under 15 minutes. And all that's left for me to say is thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you next week for another episode of the Kim Constable podcast. Uh, Have a wonderful week and a wonderful day and a wonderful life wherever you are in the world. Thank you so much for listening. And I will speak to you next week. Bye for now.